Well, good morning. Lovely to see you all. Thank you for being brave, can I say? Sitting upstairs, if you normally sit down, sitting down, if you normally sit up, thank you so much. If you just want to make your way in and find a seat. Um, got a few spare here. We're going to set up a table outside if we're still overflowing downstairs, but there are a lot of seats upstairs still. Can I firstly say welcome? Um, welcome particularly to those watching at home uh, and to those here in the building. To welcome people into our church is to both offer and receive God's grace. I wonder if you ever saw it like that. The grace we have received, we pass on. So can we offer God's grace to those around us by saying a big welcome to those on our table, those next door to us? Welcome. The service this morning will involve some singing together, some fun activities, we hope, Uh, some prayer, and a story from the Bible. So I wonder if we can get ready by opening our ears, using our minds to think, and our lips to talk about what we've learnt. So a moment. We are called by God to come. In the words of a song, come just as you are to worship. You have come, you're here. I wonder how you are as we begin our worship today. On your table, well, they've moved around a bit, haven't they? There was a little round post-it. And we asked you at the service if you would draw a face on your post-it note that describes how you're feeling today. I know some of you might not be comfortable doing that, and that's fine. But if you have done that and feel able to share, do you want to hold your face up? This is a moment to be honest before God. I'm going to put my glasses on to see. Oh, oh, yes. Thank you. So maybe it's been a tough week, physically, spiritually, or emotionally. You find yourself exhausted, frustrated, sad, or maybe even angry. Maybe you're lonely, mourning, or suffering. Maybe it's been a good week, and there were a few smiley faces. You feel loved in a happy place, hopeful and blessed. However you come, we stand before a holy God. Now, I remember a child at Sunday school asking me why God was holy, as in holes in him. Slightly alarmed by the image of a holy God, and it was said in front of everyone, I explained that, oh, no, 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 it's us who are holy. We're a bit like this, aren't we? God is perfect. He's not holy. He's holy. And because we are a holy people, we need fixing And God has made a way through Jesus to cover our holes so that we are no longer holy people, but forgiven, holy people. Can I invite you to speak to God now, quietly on your own? Tell him how you're feeling. Think about the holes in your life, the things that keep you from God. 
So I'm just going to give you a minute just to pray quietly on your own. So sometimes we struggle with finding the words to pray to God. We can turn to the Bible for help. So let me just read a couple of verses from the book of Psalms. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my inequity and cleanse me from my sin. Praise the Lord, all you nations, extol him, all you peoples, for great is his love towards us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Wonderful. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you. Morning, Nathan. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Cal. How are you? Oh, very well. Very well. So happy to be here. Now, to start off with, um, we love a challenge. We love a game, don't we? Yes. So here's what we're going to do to start with. Um, In a second, we're going to play the where is quiz. Where is quiz? Nice and rhyming. In a second, you're going to send up one person from your table to Nathan to get one of these sheets. Uh, And on the sheet is a picture and a list of things that you need to try and find in that picture, okay? Sounds quite straightforward, but here's the twist. You've got to try and find all 12 things, and you've only got two minutes to do it. Do you reckon you can do it? Do you reckon we're up for that? No, we don't seem too confident, but we'll see, okay? If we're upstairs in the balcony, there are a few extra sheets. It's also going to come up on the screen for those of you watching at home. So send someone up. Nathan's got the sheets. And we'll see how many of these things you can find. How long is left? Seven, Ruben. Not long. 24 seconds. Table the bike. Yes. Now we're coming in. Well done. Hey, well done, everyone. I'm surprised that so many of you managed to get all 12 things. That took me about 15 minutes to find them yeah, themselves, yeah. So these guys are more on it. Where is it? That's the th- what we were thinking about. Where is the quiz? Nathan, why have we played that game to start off with this morning? Well... Today we are asking ourselves a question. It was the where is quiz, right? And today we are asking another where is question, okay? Not where is the raccoon or where is the snail on the quiz that you just took part in. But where is God? Where is God? Now I wonder, is that a question that you've ever heard someone else ask? Maybe you've been in a family or with some friends and they've asked the question, where's God? Maybe that's a question that you've thought about in your own head. Where's God? Or maybe that's a question that you've shouted out loud. Where's God? Right? Maybe you've heard it. Maybe you've thought it. Maybe you've shouted it. If you've done any of those things, you're in the right place. You're in the right place this morning because that's our question. Where is God? Is he there? Does he care? Is there an answer? We're going to be looking together at that question and seeing if there is an answer from a true Bible story. The story of Joseph. Now, where is God? That's our first question. But to help us answer that question, we've got another question to ask, haven't we, Cal? Absolutely. What's yeah. that other question? We need to think of where are we In the Bible story that we're going to look at, where are we going to be in the Bible? Uh, Now, does anyone know, can anyone shout out, what is the very first book in the Bible? Someone shout it out. Genesis, Genesis, absolutely. Genesis. Uh, You've got some Bibles on your table. Um, Why don't you turn there, find it, find the very beginning of the book of Genesis. Uh, Should we make it to a race, Cal? See who can find it first. First first table to find Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. 
Hands in the air. Oh. John Lilly. John oh, Lilly. at the back. Strong. Happy days. Um, and here you go. Why don't you read, whoever's found it on your table, can you read the first five words of the Bible? Find it, whoever's got it. Read it out to your table. What is the first five words in the Bible? Just the first five? Just the first five. First five. Again, on the balcony, feel free to get your Bibles open. Read next to one another at home. Get your Bible Um, open. There you go. Be reading the first five words. First five words. Good. Thing we've got there. What are the first five words? In the beginning, God created. Say that again, Kyle. In the beginning, God created created it's the first thing we read in the bible see god made the world and made everything in it he made the land he made the mountains he made the oceans he made the stars he made the sky the fish the birds god made everything and as part of that world what else did he make well he made people didn't he he did he made us people in the world and he made the world perfect it was a perfect world to begin with there was no mess there was nothing wrong it was the perfect world where people were made to love god and to live for him that's what it was like in the beginning but nathan the world didn't stay that way did it no it didn't because again if you put your eyes to the screen you see this picture people of that world who were made to love god and live for him made a choice they decided instead of living god's way they'd live their own way they decided to love themselves and to live for me Me, 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 my, 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 all the time. And that's what the Bible calls sin, doesn't it? This word, S-I-N, I I in the middle. Life is all about God. No, no, no. Other people. No, 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 no. All about me. And sin leads to mess. Sin leads to mess. It leads to a messy world. It leads to messy friendships between people. And most of all, it leads to a messy friendship with the God who made us that friendship becomes broken but thank goodness Carl God didn't leave the story in a mess did he no he didn't he didn't at all God made a promise to a man called Abraham he said to him through your family I'm going to make a way for all of this mess to be fixed and because God made that promise to Abraham the story of the Bible focuses on Abraham and his family to see if God really does fix the mess. We see here, here's Abraham's family. Abraham had a son called Isaac. Isaac had a son called Jacob. And Jacob, well, he had quite a few sons. Um, Can you give me a show of hands? How many brothers and sisters do you have? Give me a show of hands. How many fingers? How many have we got? We've got two, lots of twos, fours. Anyone more than four? Or five? Five. Some Some big families. Well, you know, Jacob had... 12 sons. I can't even get that on my hands. 12. That's a right big family. Imagine the amount of food they must have gone through, right? A huge family. Uh, And one of those sons was called Joseph. And it's Joseph's story that we're going to be focusing on this morning. It's his story we're going to be zooming in on and taking a look at. We're going to see if God really does keep his promise to fix the mess of sin. Um, We're going to watch a short video now, uh, a little cartoon that kind of explains the story of Joseph. And as you watch... Um, can you have a look to see all the mess that's there, all the mess and the messy things that happen in the story caused by sin? Okay, so watch the video, see if you can spot the mess. Have a look.
So this is Joseph. Hey! You see, Joseph was the son of Israel and Rachel. Israel loved Joseph more than all 12 of his sons. In fact, he made Joseph a coat to show him how much he loved him. <laughs> when Joseph's brothers saw this, they hated Joseph. <laughs> One night, Joseph had a dream. When he awoke, Joseph told the dream to his brothers. He said, Listen to this dream I had. We were gathering grain when suddenly my bundle of grain rose up and all of you bowed to me. This made his brothers hate Joseph even more. And they said, You're gonna rule over us? Then Joseph had another dream. And he told it to his brothers and his father. He said, Listen, I had another dream. And this time, the sun and moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. This time, Israel heard the dream and rebuked Joseph, saying, Will your mother and brothers and I actually come and bow down before you? The brothers were even more angry when they heard the second dream. Israel, however, decided to think about what Joseph was saying. One day Joseph's brothers were working when they saw Joseph coming to meet them. One of his brothers mocked him and said, Here comes the dreamer. Come on now, let's kill him and throw him away to be devoured by a ferocious animal. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. One of the brothers named Reuben wanted to rescue Joseph, so he said, Let us not take his life. Instead, throw him in the pit. Yeah. So when Joseph came to his brothers, hey. they attacked him. Yeah. They took the robe their father had given Joseph. They hoisted Joseph up and threw him into the well. Uh. Then they saw a group of men from Midian coming towards them. Judah thought it would be a good idea to sell Joseph to these men. So the brothers sold Joseph to the merchants for 20 shekels. The brothers then took the coat of many colors back to their father and made him believe that Joseph had been killed. Israel wept for his son, whom he loved. Meanwhile, Joseph was taken as a slave to Egypt to work in the house of a man named Potiphar. For Joseph's story was only just beginning. As you watch the story of Joseph, did you see any mess? Well, we're going to be looking a little bit closer at some of those messy story aspects in a minute. But first, we're going to sing a song. Because remember, we talked, where are we? We're in God's big Bible story where God promised to a man called Abraham that he'd fix the mess of sin once and for all. So we're going to stand together, if you're able. Maybe move your chairs a little bit back if you're downstairs. Please stand upstairs if you can. We're going to sing a song called God Always Keeps His Promises. It's a song that has a video on the screen. It's a song that has actions if you want to take part in. Please let's stand together and join together in singing God always keeps his promises. Um, and for our next part, um, I need three volunteers. Let's take your hand up. Go on then. Angus, you come up. You've been volunteer number one. Who else? Go on. Luca, you can come up. And somebody do the, else. Do the volunteers have to be a child? They definitely don't have to be a child. No. They can be any. We're going to, uh, go on, Olivia. I'll become. You can come join yes. us. My three volunteers. Give them a, uh, give them a volunteer's round of applause. Um, Volunteers, I need you to just stand on this side of me. Um, I've got a bit of a challenge for you. What? That's wonderful. Thank you. Um, Nathan, 
I need to give you this. Here's your challenge, right? In a moment, I am going to create some mess. And your job is to try and tidy up my mess. Okay? Do you think you can do that? Yeah. Now, you have to try and do this as quickly as possible. I'm going to create some mess by throwing some balls over the stage. You have to try and collect them and put them into the bag that Nathan's going to be holding. Right? Then I might add some more, and you've got to keep trying to clear up the mess before I can create more. Do you think you can do that? Do you yeah. think you can clear up all my mess? Do you think that they can clear up the mess? Yeah. Good. Okay. Well, are we ready? No. Okay. I'm going to throw some of this. You've got to clear. You're working as a team. Get the balls. Get them in the bin bag. Are we ready? Off you go. Can you collect some mess? There you go. It's good. It's good. Right. I'm going to get some more. There we go. Keep it in. Keep putting them in the bag. Come on. Let's have a cheer. Let's give them a help. Let's go on. Hold on a sec. Come on, keep going. Keep cheering them on. They need help. It's the tricky job. Tricky job. They might need some extra help. Does anyone else need some? Keep going. They're creating mess. Come on. This is not... There's so much mess still. You've got ten more seconds. Can you create some more mess? Three, two, one. Oh, and that's your time up. Time up. Look at all this mess. You tried hard. But you couldn't clear up all the mess. Um, that's unfortunate. Can we give our volunteers a round of applause? They tried to well. They tried hard. Good. In we go. We can throw them back in here. There we go. Good job. But we didn't quite get it. Nathan, as they're clearing up the mess for real, why on earth have we just done that little challenge? What's well, that all about? Well, we've looked already, haven't we? In the story of Joseph, there is lots of mess. Not physical mess, like balls on a stage. Not mess in your bedroom when you're back home and there's toys everywhere. But the mess of sin. Right? Remember we talked about sin already? Sin, S-I-N, life with, who in the middle? I, me, my, all about self. And just like the mess that we saw the boys and girls putting the mess on the bag and it kept coming out and then more mess and more mess, the mess in the story of Joseph is there to begin with and gets bigger and bigger and messier and messier and harder and harder to clear up. Okay, Should we have a closer look? Should we zoom in and see if we, what we make of the mess we see in Joseph's story? Absolutely, let's do that. So each table, you should have a printout of the passage that we're going to be looking at. Uh, make sure you've got eyes on that. Um, and I'm going to ask, once you've got that, I'm going to ask for a volunteer um, to read verses 3 and 4, the first two verses on the beginning of the first page. Once you've got there, if someone just wants to take their hand up, I'll come round. Someone just to read verse 3 and verse 4 for us all to see. Does anyone want to read for us? Again, it can be a mum, it can be a dad, it can be a boy, it can be anyone. Well, go on. Excellent. John, you're going to do it. So verses 3, verse 3 and 4. Joseph was born when his father Israel, also called Jacob, was old. So Israel loved Joseph more than his other sons. He made Joseph a special robe with long sleeves. Joseph's brothers saw that their father loved Joseph more than he loved them. So they hated their brother and could not speak to him politely. Wonderful. Thank you, John, for reading. So we see, now I know we've mentioned a couple of names there, Jacob and Israel, um, they're the same guy. He just got two names, okay? So we don't need to get confused with that. Jacob is Israel. And Israel is? Jacob. Yeah, got it. Okay. Now, this story, it, it starts off so well, doesn't it? Look at those words. Jacob loved Joseph. I mean, what a good thing that is for a father to love his son and to show how much he loves him by giving him this lovely coat. So it's a great start. But where's the mess here? Well, the sentence carries on, doesn't it? 
Jacob loved Joseph more than his other sons. As we saw before, Jacob, he's got 12 sons. How should he treat them? Well, he should treat them all equally, shouldn't he? He should treat them all fairly. But he doesn't. Joseph is his favorite. He, he speaks differently to Joseph. He, he feels differently about him. He treats Joseph differently. You see, that's not how love should be. Not in a family. This is a, a messy kind of love. It's love that's not, it's not right. But Nathan, is that all the mess that we see? No. The mess is there, but more mess comes because messy love creates messy feelings. Again, could you go back on your tables and have a look at verses 4 to 8? It's also on the screen too. Would someone on the table be brave maybe to read out loud for the whole table to hear? And as you read it, could you think about these two questions? How do the brothers feel in these verses? And then the second question, what's the repeated word? Okay, there's a word that comes up a few different times. Can you find what it is? Okay, so verses 4 to 8. Would someone on the table read it for the table or for upstairs if you want to read together in smaller groups? And then talk about those two questions. How do the brothers feel? What's the repeated word? Off you go. At home, please join in too. Okay, good job. Good job, tables. Good job, balcony. Good job at home. Now, messy feelings. Okay, messy love creates messy feelings. Messy love. Jacob loved Joseph more than the brothers. And that leads to messy feelings. Okay, imagine that was you, right? That your dad or your mom loved your brother or sister more than they loved you. Imagine they bought you, they bought your brother or sister an amazing fancy coat full of old gadgets that heated itself up when it was cold. And then they got you nothing, right? It'd be right and fair for you to feel a little bit upset, wouldn't it? It'd be right for you to feel a little bit annoyed. Because wrong love is wrong, isn't it? Messy love is wrong. And so it's understandable that the brothers would have felt a little bit of annoyed, a little bit upset, when their dad treated their brother different to them. But you see... The messy feelings of Joseph's brothers are more than just a little bit upset, a little bit annoyed. Can anyone tell me what the repeated word was? Did you see it? Can we shout it after three? One, two, three. Hated. Hated. You see it on the screen there. They hated Joseph. Now that is a strong word, isn't it? That's a dark word. That's a word that goes really deep. They couldn't stand Joseph. They saw nothing good in Joseph. They wanted rid of Joseph. They wanted rid of them. And this wasn't just a one-off feeling. This is something they felt again and again and again. And it got bigger and bigger and bigger. It started off with a coat. Their father giving them a special coat. But it carried on into these dreams. Again, maybe you heard it in the story or read it in your verses. The, the dreams of grain representing the brothers. The dreams of stars representing the brothers. And what did they do? They bowed down to Joseph. And they heard these dreams and thought, no chance. No chance. We hate you. Messy, messy feelings. But is that it? Just messy feelings? Just messy love? It's a lot of mess already, but that's that's not the end. It keeps on going. These messy feelings that the brothers have turn into messy actions. Now again, would somebody like to read for me verse 18 to 20? Have a little look down, see what's going to happen next. Anyone down the front? Recognize it? I'll go on. Everyone. Maybe we'll get you to read. I'll scrooge around here. 18, 19, and 20. There you go. 
Joseph's brothers saw him coming from far away. Before he had reached them, they made a plan to kill him. They said to each other, Here comes that dreamer. Let's kill him and throw his body into one of the wells. We can take our father that a wild animal killed him. Then we will see what will become of his dreams. Oh, wonderful. Thank you for reading. So these messy feelings that the brothers have been having have been building and have been building and building until they see him coming one day and snap. They say, let's put our messy feelings, let's put it into action. They say, let's kill him. Let's just get rid of him once and for all. That's what they're thinking. But they actually come up with a different idea. They actually get two for the price of one. Look what says next. Then Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain if we kill our brother and hide his death? Let's sell him to these Ishmaelites. So they get this two for the price of one. If we're just going to kill him, we just get rid of him. But if we sell him, well, it's like we get rid of him and we get some money for it as well, right? It's a win-win for them. These messy feelings turn them into doing something horrible, selling their own to be slave. These are really, really messy, messy actions. It's a lot of mess. It's a lot of mess. Surely that must be it. Is there any more? Is there more mess? Well, you have a look and find out. Could you look again for the last time onto your pages with the passage written out and have a look at verses 31 and 33 again? Could someone on your table maybe read it out for the table? And here's the question. Where's the mess? What lie do the brothers tell? Off you go into your tables. Read the verses. Get your eyes into what God's word has to say. Read it out and ask the question. What lie do the brothers tell? Where is the final bit of mess that we see. You're all doing brilliantly well. Okay, have we read the verses? Do we see where the mess is? Can you remind me, what had happened to Joseph? Can you remember? The brothers had taken him, haven't they? They took him and they sold him into slavery in Egypt. But what was the messy lie that the brothers told? Well, they told their father they'd found him. And they made their father believe that he'd been killed by a wild animal. All the mess so far has led up to this final mess, messy lies. They have to cover up the mess that they've created. They have to pretend that the mess that is there, so clear, hasn't anything to do with them. Messy, messy lives. And I'm sure you'd agree, having seen all these things, what a mess, right? Where is God in messy love? Where is God in messy feelings? Where is God in messy actions? Where is God in messy lives? Where is God in this story? I thought you said, Nathan, that God was going to fix the mess. I thought you said that God was going to use this family to fix the mess. But if you're anything like me and you've looked at this family this morning, you might say, this is the messiest family I've ever seen. Right? There's so much mess going on in this family. What on earth can God do with this mess? And another thing. In all the verses you've read this morning, and if you were to go back maybe at home later on and take those verses and read the whole thing, we haven't looked at every verse. There's someone missing. 
There's someone whose name isn't even mentioned in any of those verses. Do you know who that is? Right. God's name is not mentioned once in this whole story. Where is he? All this mess going on and God isn't even there. Where is he? Is there an answer? Well, we're going to find out that there just might be. But before we get there, Cal, we are going to sing another song together. A song that points to the mess that we might feel or experience in our lives. There's so much of it. But God's love, God's mercy is so much more. Again, let's stand and sing this one together. There's some actions from the front. The band are going to play. If you want to follow it along with me and Cal, feel free. Particularly look out for Cal because he knows these actions really well. (laughs) Right, let's stand together and let's sing His Mercy Is More.
singing, have a seat. Okay, and let's carry on thinking about this question. Where is God in all of that mess? Now remember at the beginning of our service, I talked about, is that a question you've ever heard? Maybe someone else say. We talked about, is that a question that you've maybe thought in your own mind or in your own head? We talked about, is that a question that you maybe even shouted out loud? Maybe in the middle of the night when no one else was there, but you shouted out loud, where is God in all the things that have been happening to me? As you look at the world out there, you might ask that question, where is God when I see war? When I see abuse, when I see unfairness, when I see unkindness, when I see injustice. You might have asked that question when in your life, maybe you're at school and maybe a friend that you know and love. Or maybe you have been bullied or laughed at or made fun of or treated differently. Where is God when that happens to me or someone that I know? Maybe it's your family. Maybe you're part of a family where there's always fights. There's always fallouts. There's always breakups. And you've asked the question, where is God in my family and what's happening to me? Maybe you've asked the question, where is God when something unexpected comes your way? An unexpected medical result. An unexpected financial result. An unexpected exam result at school. Where is God? I wasn't expecting this. Why is this happening? Where is God? Is he there? Does he care? Well, to finish our time together this morning, I want us to look at one final verse from the Bible. One final verse from the end of Joseph's story. This morning is just part one of a series that we're doing in the life of Joseph. And we're going to fast forward to the very end to see what it has to say about this question. Where is God? Have a look at the screen. Kyle, do you want to read it for us? Absolutely. It's from 50 verse 20. This is Joseph speaking. He says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Okay, so in Joseph's story, it begins with, you intended to harm me. We've seen that, haven't we? The brothers took him, sold him, wanted rid of him, wanted him gone. They intended to harm him. The mess in Joseph's story was real, wasn't it? It was big, it was nasty, it was hard, it was painful, it brought tears and pain. The mess was big. But do you see what else it says? God intended it for good. Even though God isn't even mentioned in the story, his name isn't there, he is there. God is there in the mess. The mess is big, but God is bigger. God is bigger. He's the one in charge. He's the one in control. And he's with Jesus. He's with Joseph the whole time from the beginning right to the very end. And not only is God there in the story, even though he's not mentioned, he does care. He does care. Do you see again what it says in the verse? The saving of many lives. You see, God cares enough. So much that he uses this man, Joseph, to care for this messy family. This messy family that's messier than any other family. He cares for them so much that he brings them back together in the end. Brings them back into friendship and forgiveness together as one big family. And he cares so much, more than just this family, he cares for the whole world. They are facing, the world is facing death through a famine. 
where there's not enough food and God rescues the whole world from that mess that they are facing through this man, Joseph. Now, it's amazing for me to say that in this story. God is there. God is cares. But how do we know that? What about the mess in our lives? Is God there? Does he care? That's a great, it's a great question. Well, we know that God is there and he does care. Not because he just says it and tells us. No, but God shows it. See, God stepped in to the mess of our world. He experienced the mess for himself by sending Jesus. When Jesus came down to live on this earth, he knew what it was like to experience mess. Messy love. When Jesus was mistreated, treated unfairly by people who he loved. Jesus, well, he experienced messy feelings when people around him hated him. People wanted nothing to do with him. Jesus experienced messy actions when he was bullied, when he was hurt, when he was mocked, and ultimately when he was killed by the people he loved. And finally, Jesus went through messy lies when people said all sorts of things against him, said that he was guilty of doing some things which he never did. And he was completely innocent. See, Jesus knows, God knows what it's like to experience mess. And because of that, because he understands mess, well, it means he understands our mess. Mm -hmm. He understands the mess that we go through. So if you're in the mess of loneliness, well, he's there. He knows. If you're in the mess of being treated unfairly, well, he knows. He's there. If you're in the mess of being bullied or being laughed at or being mocked, he knows. He's there. If you're in the mess of physical pain, he knows. And he's there. If you're in the mess of pain within a family, he knows. And he's there. And if you're in the mess of death, death of a loved one, Facing that yourself, well, he knows. He's there. What an amazing thing that is to know that God, he really is there with us in our mess. He knows what it's like. He can sympathize with us. God knows exactly what it's like to experience mess. And that's brilliant. But Nathan, is that enough? Well, God is there, but there's something else on the screen, isn't there? God is there. But we want more, don't we? Maybe we need more than that. Again, let me put it this way. Imagine you were going home from church today and you're on your way to Tame, you're on your way to Hadley, you're on your way to Bista, wherever you're going back to, and your car breaks down. Okay, oh, car breaks down. And you call the AA man, the fixer, and he comes along and he's, he's there, right? He's, there, he's with you in the car and he says, I understand, right? It's happened to me before. I, I feel for you, right? I've been there. I'm there for you now. I understand what you're going through. Thank you. <laughs> but what do you want the repairman to do? Not just to be there, but to care enough to do what? To fix the car. Right. It's good that he's there, but if he's just there and doesn't do anything, we want more than that, don't we? We need more than that. We need him to be there, but we also need him to care. And the same is true when it comes to God. We need him to be there and we need him to care. Does he is the question. <laughs> Does God care for us? How do we know? 
The answer is yes. And we can know because he cares enough to give up everything for us. He came into this world and he gave up everything he had. And he even gave up his life. Dying in our place to fix our sin problem. The problem that we have of living for me, 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 I, I all the time. He came to fix that problem. So offers us a rescue from that problem. A rescue into his family. Where we can not just love ourselves all the time, but love other people. And to love him the way we were made to. And one day to be fixed and rescued from the mess of this world forever. In a place called heaven. Where we'll be with Jesus our saviour forever in friendship. Now that sounds amazing, doesn't it, Cal? To be rescued from the mess now and to be rescued from the mess one day. But how do we get it? How is that offer something I can have? Something you can have? Something we can have? It's a good question. Thank you. It's very simple. We're going to see some things on the screen here. Three ways that we can be part of that. Be part of that family. Experience that fixing. Firstly, admit. Admit our own mess. Because the mess we see out in the world is the same as the mess that's in us. We're all messy, each and every one of us. So we need to admit to God that I'm sorry for my mess. I really am messy. So admit your mess. Second, believe. Believe that God really is there. Believe that he really does care. Believe that he sent Jesus to die to take our mess on himself. To believe that he really has rescued you. And thirdly, commit. Commit to to stop loving yourself all the time. To stop living for yourself. But to live for God. To love him. Because of what he's done for us. That's ABC. Straightforward. That's how we receive that rescue. Should I say a prayer for us, Cal? And then you've maybe got some questions for the tables to talk about in response to what they've heard. But can I say a prayer for us? So if you're going to close your eyes, if that's helpful, just so you're not distracted with the things around you. And if you want to say a big amen at the end, if you agree with the words that I say. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the story of Joseph. Lord, we see his story and we see mess. So much of it. But Lord, we don't want to look too far until we look at ourselves. And Lord, we want to see our own mess this morning too. The mess of our lives. Lord, thank you that even though we are messy, God is there. He's with us on our mess. And he cares, cares enough to come and fix our mess, to rescue us from it. Help us all this morning admit that we are messy. To believe that you are there, that you are care, that you fix us and rescue us. And Lord, to commit to loving you and living for you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lovely. Thank you, Nathan. Uh, Well, for a couple of minutes now, uh, before we move on, uh, we're going to have some questions on the screen. uh, And just for two or three minutes as a table, uh, why don't you turn together uh, and and think about some questions off the back of what we've looked at. Here are the four questions. Let me read them. uh, And then you've just got a couple of minutes. Chat about them and see what you think. So can you remember the types of mess in Joseph's story? You can look at the verses to help you with that. Where do you see mess in the world and in your own life? And what difference does it make to know that God is there in the mess? And what difference does it know that God really cares about our mess? Okay, happy with that? So just a couple of minutes in your tables, chat about these things now, uh, and then I'll close us off and we'll finish the song. So three minutes. Do you have to talk about all the questions or can you just pick one? Oh, pick one. 
Sometimes conversations go on a little bit. So if there's one you just get to, don't worry. Go where you want to. So three minutes, chat together, and then I'll call us back. Good. I can see there's lots of great conversations going. Um, Once we've finished, at the end of the service, these questions are going to be up on the screen again. Um, So don't feel like you have to leave these conversations. Keep chatting about them and keep discussing them together um, as we we finish at the end. Um, But now we're going to stand and we're going to sing another song together. It's a song called The Night Song. Um, It'll come up on the screen. Uh, And this is a song that reminds us, it's got some wonderful words, that God really is there in the night when times are dark, when things are messy. And it really does care. Um, So why don't we stand all together uh, and we're going to sing this song together. I want to take a seat. Well, one of the conclusions on our table was that we can talk to God to stop the mess. Um, We're going to turn to prayer now. And we're going to do it in our families. And by that, I mean our table families, our church families, our brothers and sisters in Christ. So can we ask on your table, there are some little, I don't know what size they are, six sizes of bit of paper. Yep. Um, Could you individually write a prayer? Think about what you've learned today. Maybe God's spoken to you. Maybe you want to write a prayer about something that's happened during the week. And you want to talk to God about. Can we ask you to write that prayer? I'm going to give you two or three minutes. On the balcony, it might be a bit trickier, maybe on your phones. Um, But we'd like to then, uh, once we've given you those couple of minutes, for someone from the table, maybe you could sit and talk and choose one prayer. And Cal's going to come round with the mic. And we're going to read kind of one per table prayer. And maybe a couple from the balcony. So can I give you those couple of minutes now, please, to write a prayer? So we're going to ask now if uh, you have got a prayer that you would like to share with the church family. If you'd like to put your hand and Carl will come to you with a microphone. Be brave. Do you want to put your hand up if you've got a prayer that you would like to uh, share with us? Thank you, God, that you can wonderfully turn even the most desperate situations around and prove to us that you are good all of the time, that you are God. Thank you. Amen. God, thank you for being there through the the, the darkness and mess I've made of my life. I know you're always there for me to talk to, and I know you care. You have shown me the light, and I am forever grateful. Amen. Amen. Two prayers. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. He brought me into his banqueting table, and his banner over me is love. Amen. Thank you. couple more. Father, your world, the whole creation, and your human beings all need your help. Please, Answer in your goodness and your mercy. We thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, God, for writing me letters. Thank you, God, for helping me write letters. Amen. Thank you very much. We pray for those whose lives are in such a mess that they cannot pray for themselves. We have faith in you for those whose faith eludes them. Amen.
Thank you so much for joining us this morning. I pray that it was a blessing to you, that you were a blessing to the people around you, that they were a blessing to you. We are God's family together. So it's brilliant that we can come together as an all age service and hear from God's word together and learn together about what he might have to say to us uh, this morning. Again, the questions that we talked about around the tables will be available at the end of the service. So please do carry on those conversations at your tables. Don't move on too quickly. If you'd like prayer for anything that you've talked about or thought about today, please do speak to someone. There's again a prayer ministry team that will be available in the corner of the room. So please do pray with someone if that would be helpful to you this morning. Uh, Two final things to say. One is something sad. Because today is the last Sunday being here before she moves to be closer to a Sunday bath for Pauline Durant. So Pauline, we love you and we miss you. And please do say your goodbyes towards the end of the service to Pauline. Should we give Pauline a big clap and a big thank you? So I just wanted to say that. And the final thing I want to say before I close in prayer is on your way out, we wanted to give you, if they are here... Yes, they are here. Um, again, the, the big verse that we talked about today was that from Genesis 50, verse 20. It might come up on the screen too. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. We've got a smaller one for everyone to take away an adult. Maybe this is, could you put it in your car? Could you put it in your wallet? Could you put it in your fridge? Just to remind you of the truth that you've learned today. We've also, also got one for the children, something that can be colored in when you get home and talked about, uh, maybe with mums and dad later on. And again, those have magnets on them too. So please, the welcome team will have them in baskets on the way out. So please don't leave without uh, something to remind you of the truth we've looked at today. Can I pray? And then feel free to grab some uh, refreshments or carry on those conversations. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for all we've learned. And Lord, we pray that with your help, you'd help us remember that you are there, that you do care cared enough to send your son to rescue us from our mess, to bring us into your family, and to free us one day from mess and sin forever in heaven. Please help us admit. Please help us believe. Please help us commit. And Lord, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Have a brilliant rest of your day, and we'll hopefully see you soon. Thank you.